0: You are listening to Smaller on the Outside, the first, best, and only 24 podcast that you just can't miss. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our webpage at sotopodcast.wordpress.com. The following takes place between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. on the day that Kim Bauer got in trouble. Wait no, that's every day. Not every day. You need something a little bit more specific. Than There's nothing that. specific about this season. Or on the day where Tony came back. How about that? Fine. Uh, Tony got back. All right. Uh, hello. Welcome to Smaller on the Outside, uh, or so, so I'd like to call it SotoCast. My name is Dave. I'll be your CTU agent this evening. With me, as always, is the analyst Andy. That is correct. And uh, today we just finished off the seventh season of 24 but before we get into that let's talk some announcements for for the day uh first of all because it is now the 28th of april the first edition or uh volume or whatever you call it of the 24 comic prequel comic before season nine starts has released already it's great it's fantastic you know uh great art great uh great writing (laughs) Uh, but we'll, uh, I'll talk more about that <laughs> next time. Uh, but also, Curtin the Kurt and Jeff show, uh, they gave us a shout-out back after we gave them a shout-out. They talked for a few minutes on, on our show, so we just wanted to thank them, give them, a, give them a listen, because they're more popular than us. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> All right. Um, also, I've, I've noticed on Stitcher that, um, it's not a big number but i have seen that we are adding on other people's playlists cool that is cool uh obviously it's it's very anonymous site so you have no idea who's listening to you and who's not it's probably kurt and jeff <laughs> um it was one more one more subscriber yeah oh and <laughs> <laughs> and we got some uh some news for next season uh of Smaller on the Outside, not 24. Well, I was going to um, say, I don't want to hear spoilers. No. Next season of Smaller on the Outside, you know, season four of us, Timbot is returning to the show for, as, for, as, for as Live Another Day. we're hoping. <laughs> well, we're, 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 working gonna, on, we're, we're working on, on re- repairing Yeah, him. We're, we're reconstructing him. And he's going to be a little bit more advanced, a little bit more upgraded. I just hope that he doesn't die by the end of the... Non- <laughs> of season 9 of 24 it could happen he may not be completely 100 (laughs) percent. he may be a little flawed (laughs) but that's normal that's but yeah that's that those are our updates our announcements uh for the week um before we start with season 7 discussion let's talk about 24 redemption 24 redemption is a tv movie that came out between season 6 and 7 it was uh two hours long about um and it without commercials, the original was like an hour and a half because that's usually how long two episodes are but uh if you get the d v d or if you watched it on Netflix before it was taken off then it is it was about an hour and forty five minutes long so there is yeah. an extended version and uh yeah and then uh what how it basically has played out. Jack is in Africa. He's in this country called Singala. It's it's a fictional country. And um, basically, it was a huge PSA for, uh, you know, the uh, African whatever, uh, <laughs> R- Rwanda or whatever was going on. The, yeah, where the kids... The kids are forced to be battle soldiers. slaves and soldiers and stuff like that. And, and Jack has to pretty much free these kids. Yeah. There's a couple bad guys that you need to keep track of in this. Uh, there's, uh... Dubaku. Dubaku's one. uh, Was, um, his boss in the redemption? Um, they talked about Mm. him. What was his name again? Juma. Yeah, General Juma is Dubaku's boss, and he's in redemption uh, for a little bit, but it's mostly Dubaku. Okay. Dubaku and his brother. Yeah. So there's those guys, um, and it kind of cuts over, to the White House area. Where Hodges they, is also in it. Hodges, yeah, Hodges is in it as well. We don't know too much about his character at this point. Hodges, Jonas Hodges is played, of course, by John Voight. Um, they set up the story with uh, with uh, the president's son. Right, and that's where they, yeah, they go over to Washington, D.C. We're talking about uh, the son, you know, who who dies. Um, well, the, the reason for that is this guy who is the, the son of the president... Has a friend, and this friend guy, um, he found this evidence that the government um, is wor- working with terrorists or something like that, and he was looking up that evidence, and then that guy gets killed, and then so supposedly later on, this pr- the president's son was probably looking into why that guy got killed, and then. That ended up getting him killed. That's not shown in Redemption, but yeah. we know that happened between Redemption and Season Seven. As far as Jack's story goes, people from DC are trying to get him to return, uh, so he can answer for the crimes that he's committed, um, and stuff like that. Torture. Torture is okay. the main yeah, is this- the main one, and uh, he he doesn't want to go back, but he's kind of forced to because. He needs these kids to go out, and this guy like blackmails him. Like, listen, I can, uh, I can let these kids go free, but you're gonna have to hand yourself over. And well, that's what Jack does. Basically, ultimately. the there was a guy that Jack was working with. Jack's been uh, kind of going all around the world, traveling from country to country, trying to find himself or something. And well, I think he's kind of like bummed out about the things that have been happening recently, and he he wasn't really up to going back to CTU or or doing his job. He just wants to escape, and he's been traveling to different countries. And the latest country is the Sengala. where he's working at the school that um, Mr. Gold. Oh, <laughs> Uh yeah, that that guy, the guy in who's who's in Once Upon a Time, he was in Stargate um <laughs> SGU, I don't know. I didn't watch that show, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he, he was building a school, and then that guy dies because of Dubaku. Yeah. But uh, Dubaku lives. He lives. It, it made it look like he was dying, but he, he got out. Dubaku got out and started chasing after Jack and these kids. And so in order to honor his friend's legacy of that school, because the school got destroyed, but the kids got out, so in order to honor that legacy, Jack made sure those kids got out of Singala. Right, and then, yeah, he handed himself over. As far as the movie as itself, it's kind of pretty dull. Uh, Jack himself doesn't really act like Jack, you know, you know, violent action hero Jack until at least in a ha- it's halfway done. Um, I think it does a good job setting up the story for season It's seven. a very, very long prequel is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's a better prequel than previous prequels, uh, I think it does a better job setting up the plot than other prequels Yeah. Um So there's, that, there's a lot of plot lines that it starts in Redemption that eventually get resolved in Season 7. All right. So that, that was the prequel slash uh, 24 TV movie that uh, took place before Day 7, so now let's talk about 24 Day 7. The one. And we in- can kind of talk about um, the behind the scenes on that. Um, in Okay, so Day 7 was originally going to premiere in 2008, but um, the writer's... The strike writer's strike happened, happened. Writer's yeah. The writer's strike happened. By the time the writer's strike happened, they had already completed, I think, six or seven episodes or so, and maybe even eight. They decided... They could have continued working on the show. They had some scripts written, and they could have continued working on the show, but they decided to stop. In or, in a, because they were never going to be able to get all 24 episodes done by the time they needed them to be done. So they decided to postpone Season 7. By this time, there were already plenty of trailers that showed a lot of the spoilery stuff about it. They decided to postpone Season 7 another year, and instead, uh, once the writer's strike ended, they made 24 Redemption, and then went back to working on Season 7 uh, so that it would premiere a year later. Yeah. You no, know, a lot of things actually kind of sucked as far as writers. St- the writer strike screwed everything up for mm-hmm. everything. Um, yeah, but-, but yeah, after that happened, day seven uh, finally aired. I think they made the right choice though. They could have g- gone with like a sixteen-episode season, but that wouldn't really work for no. twenty-four. Although it may have made the season better. <laughs> yeah, true. So season seven is the one in Washington D.C. Sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Let the record show this is the third day of the Senate hearing investigating human rights violations by the recently disbanded counter-terrorist unit. Will the witness please state his name? Jack Bauer. Mr. Bauer, did you torture Mr. Haddad? Don't expect me to regret the decisions that I have made. Because, sir, the truth is, I don't. Benjamin Juma has slaughtered over 200,000 of his own people. That number will continue to grow if we don't stop him now. Mr. Bauer, we have a national security matter that has gone critical. One of the men behind this threat is someone you know. That's not possible. Tommy Almeida is dead. Chuck Bauer. Didn't know you were FBI? Nah. Just came along for the ride. This January, your government is about to pay a very steep price for interfering in our affairs. Television's greatest thrill ride is back. For a day that will stop the world. Tell you one I want you to see what we can do. It's been a while. They're going after air traffic control. Let me through to the White House. It's worth the wait. Are you with the FBI? No, I'm a stay at home mom. If the president doesn't comply with his demands, Dubaku is going to start killing Americans. I'm not a president. You need to order the pullback. I won't be dictated to by this madman. Emmy Award winner, Keeper Sutherland. The FBI has been compromised. There's a leak. They've got a shooter on top of the Columbia building heading south. In the most critically acclaimed series on television. Get up! So help me God, I will kill you, and you will stay dead this time. 24, the two-night premiere event, begins Sunday, January 11th, on Fox. It is. (laughs) Um, To set up the season, Jack is now, you know, he's in Washington, D.C. He's followed through with turning himself in, and he's uh, he's in front of a a committee to talk about himself. Um, (laughs) Allison Taylor is the first uh, female president. And which again was also they showed the beginning she, of that in redemption. In, yeah, she was in redemption as well. They showed the transition between Noah Daniels and Allison Taylor, which I thought was really cool. The terrorist uh, whole thing with the terrorists is confusing this season. Just know that one of them's Tony. He's back. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you get to see uh, what's the what's the actor's name again? Carlos. Bernard Carlos Bernard, you see Carlos Bar- Bernard. Car- yeah, you see Carlos is Ber- uh, Carlos is Bernard. <laughs> now you see it, uh, his name on the screen ten seconds before he actually shows up. <laughs> but the reason they did that is because he was Tony was all over the previews for over a year. Everybody knew up. he was going to be yeah. in it anyway, so it was you know it w- it was very much like something that happened in Prison Break. It was a spoiler, but it, it was an actual promotion. Uh, set out by Fox, yeah. uh, saying, listen, guess who's coming back? Tony! You thought he was dead, but you don't know Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but so, uh, yeah, it was like back in 2007, they were showing previews with Tony and him, so. (laughs) Yeah. Almost, you know, a year and a half. But basically, what you should also know is CTU is disbanded at this point. Yep. Um, so That was I can't, part of the reason why they were wanting to bring Jack back Because they were taking down CTU And then taking down all these people with it And Jack yeah. is the biggest one Yeah, and uh, so I can't really say the new CTU uh, characters But I will say the new uh, good characters here are Renee Walker, that's a big one uh, Larry Moss and Janice There uh, are no new CTU characters There's no CT, new CTU characters because there's no CTU really Well, sort of there's a fake CTU. <laughs> we'll there, is, there is a group that calls themselves CTU, and that is Chloe and Bill. Bill. Bill, 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 Bill. And, and no, they're, no, they're the working, blind Doyle is in the, the background. The, 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 the first twist of the season is that um, Tony is actually not, a, actually not a bad guy. But he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, working undercover with bill and chloe to try to uncover some some conspiracy about dubaku i set that one up here uh jack he's on he's under investigation um and he's he's taken out of the investigation by renee uh because she needs his help to find tony uh because he has history with tony apparently that gives him the information they need to find him because he's now he's now a quote-unquote terrorist and basically, what Tony does is he kidnaps an engineer to create a device called the C.I.P. device uh, that allows Tony to um, do uh, pull a Die Hard two and hack into airport command center and like crash two planes together if he wanted to. Yeah, he he can direct them into paths that would end up crashing with each other. Yeah, but he 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 doesn't do it. Um, he just kind of shows off his power. To get them to do whatever he wants. But Jack does a little investigation. And he eventually does find Tony. And that's when he finds out Tony isn't a terrorist. Uh, he he takes him into custody. And then he gives Jack a number to call. He calls it and it is faux CTU. With Bill and Chloe. I'm saying. They call themselves CTU. Yeah they call themselves CTU. Because they don't have anything else to call themselves. But hacks. Uh, people who are. <laughs> They're outside the government. They're outside the government. They're all doing this. Uh. They are unofficial seats. Uh, Tony, you know, they're, he's being the deep undercover guy that is basically acting as a terrorist, but it's not, apparently. That's great, David. Yeah, I know, right? So, basically, Jack has to break Tony out of FBI, and then they both go undercover as terrorists to get uh, to kidnap this guy named Matobo to get Dubaku. Who is This guy was in um, Redemption. He is the prime minister of Sengala. he was elected prime minister of Sengala before um dubaku and his and uh, juma started attacking Sengala again and basically forced him out of the country right eventually renee gets in on this after she um she figures out that jack is a quote-unquote terse uh, fi- uh, fo- follows and finds him and then he acts like he kills her and then she's in the gang because you know I, Bill I guess. and Chloe <laughs> pick her up, dig her out of the ground. And then they all, uh, <laughs> He but at this point, Jack has kidnapped Matobo to get to Dubaku. Um, and then they are able to, I guess they find uh, Dubaku's current hideout place where he has the CIP device that Tony apparently gave him uh, or something. I don't know how the CIP got to him, but it did. They showed that at some point, I think. But the whole point is Tony's trying to get to Motobo. So no, to DeBaku. Oh, I mean, yeah. To to DeBaku. He needs Motobo to get to DeBaku. Right, but which... It doesn't make any sense because he gave the CIP device to DeBaku, right? I don't remember particularly exactly what happened, but I do think he did give the device to DeBaku or or maybe maybe his his uh contact gave the device to Dubaku. I don't sure. know. Dubaku has the CIP device and they need to get to De- Dubaku. They find his uh hideout and when they raid it the CIP device actually gets uh damaged and is broken at this point. And that's the end of the first act. The second act had to do with Dubaku kidnapping the first gentleman, uh Henry Taylor. And he does this to control Taylor, uh President Taylor and to not Attacking, <laughs> to not attacking the uh, country of Singala. Um, and she's attacking Singala because of Juma and Dubaku's, uh, their whole war with um, attacking the citizens, you know, uh, trying to go against what the citizens um, elected, as well as the whole child army thing. They're trying to stop that from happening. So another raid occurs. Jack finds out where Dubaku is hiding this time, um, and he tries to raid the area. He, Dubaku escapes once again. President's husband is shot in the process, but they get Dubaku. Is that right? Yes, they get Dubaku. They don't get Juma. Um, they get Dubaku, and no, he, he yes, he get they they get Dubaku because of his girlfriend, right? They, oh, they yeah, find out. a couple they, episodes later. Yeah, they yeah. find out he has this girlfriend, this American girlfriend, and he's trying to take to Singalam or something. No, no, he's, he was going to take her to somewhere in South America, I believe. Yeah, and uh, they get to the girlfriend first, and they get, uh, treat her like bait because that's Jack's only play. She gives away the fact that she knows he's a bad guy, of course, and then this struggle happens, uh, car well, no, Dubaku fig- figures that out before and basically calls her out on it. They're both in this car, and it flips over <laughs> she another takes, car. She takes control of the wheel because she knows the FBI is chasing them, and he's about to get away. Yeah, and the car they're in flips over another car, lands on its top, uh, and then... She dies. She dies, of course. Mm, Dubaku, Dub- does. Dubaku doesn't die. Uh, he, he gets he, out uh, enough... To say, because Jack threatens his family, and so he gives, he tells them that he has a list of names. Yeah, he has a list of names of people in the government that he has control of or are working for him, uh, and that's apparently in his stomach. You see this little uh, right. this protrudent in his stomach that Jack cuts out, and he finds this chip that, uh, and then he uh, Jack thinks the day, uh, the threat is over. It is actually that's the end of Act Two. Um, And then uh, Tony Meets up with him and says Listen Jack, there's a new (laughs) Threat in play Okay, so we're into Act 3 now Um, Really? Yes Dubaku has a list of hundred or so Traitors and one of them Is Senator Mayer, that's the guy Who was uh, interviewing Jack Um, His right hand Man Burke, that's one of them This is like the third mole of the season already And, uh, Jack goes to the White House to interrogate Burke and telling him what the target is of the next attack that Tony told him about. Literally does he know that the target is actually the White House itself, so even after the President orders him to stop, he uses his stun gun to shoot the phone dead and continue with his interrogation. Needless to say, Jack (laughs) is taken into custody before he could get the location. But soon after, Renee calls in with the information that the White House is actually the target itself. And then there wasn't any uh, even Channing Tatum to save the day. Or uh, um, uh, Gerard Butler. (laughs) Or Gerard Butler. So Jack takes the president into a safe room, locks the door, and that doesn't last long. Uh, because when the captors find President Taylor's daughter who was there which is funny because we just had a scene we didn't really talk about it but there was a scene like that earlier in the season with Motobo as well uh safe what is it the uh, panic room yeah. yeah and they take President Taylor's daughter Olivia and they threaten to kill her of course the president opens the doors and is taken captive um, but yeah at this point we're asking ourselves whatever happened to the White House bunker yeah The last three or four seasons, they've had a very prominently featured the bunker below the White House, and they never once go to that bunker in this uh, in this scene, which they should have done. They could have, you know, gotten something good like those those two movies that came out last year. They both featured the bunker in those. Yes, (laughs) yes, the bunker. It's very famous. Don't know why they just went to this random safe house. So, or safe room rather. Uh, Before they open, which doesn't exist, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I was looking on on the map and there's nothing like that uh, based on what I know about yeah. the White House, and I, I know a lot. Yeah. So before he opened the doors, Jack uh, like opened this uh, can of gas that would ignite with any kind of spark. So Jack's plan was to kill himself to get the president to safety, but of course, uh, <coughs> um, goes ahead and offers himself instead, once again foiling Jack's suicidal tendencies. <laughs> this is one of the... One of the first few times that he tries that this this season. So Bill is dead. <coughs> uh, most of uh, Juma's men and stuff are taken captive. I they're think not captive. They're killed. They're killed. killed they're killed in an explosion. Uh, they're arrested. La la la. This is the end of Act Three, which goes into Act Four with Stark Industries. I'm sorry, Stark Wood. Um, <laughs> basically, our now we're back to John Voight. And we finally get some. Uh, we finally figure out what's John Voigt doing, because we've seen him in Redemption, and he, we knew that he was related to um, Dubaku and Juma, like he was supplying weapons. I don't know, he looks nothing like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was supplying weapons for their war, as it, they showed that in the Redemption movie. And so we knew they, they were all part of the same um, conspiracy, but we never really knew what his role was it, uh, in it until this point. Okay, so his name is Jonas Hodges. We're gonna call him Mr. Sir. So Mr. Sir, he's back. He's 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 this weapons contractor, a private military guy or something, and he he's been controlling everything from the get-go, or at least we think. And he he gave the St. Gallens weapons, and the information was on the drive in Dubaku's stomach, and, and now he's back. So the next threat has to do with a shipment of biological weapons that are some some kind of nerve agent or something that is something in between the nerve gas uh, and the virus, and Jack has to stop it. Yeah, Hodges gave um, Juma the information about how to get into the White House um, in in response to get those weapons, um, because they were being shipped from Sengala because they were developed in Sengala by Starkwood. Yes. Okay, I wanted to say Stark Industries. I, I still so wanted <laughs> to uh, Stark. But, uh, <laughs> no, they were developed by Starkwood, and then they were shipped over by, uh, Juma and his crew. So that, that's kind of how they were connected. Right. That's and why he was helping them out, you know, he helped them out, they helped him out. But the thing is, Jack, um, he can't stop this, uh, uh threat very well, uh, or with anyone's help, I should say, because everyone thinks he's an untrust- trustworthy rogue agent that's just off, uh, killing people, because he's getting, you know, uh framed at this point um, and everyone's quick to, and everyone's quick to believe it so he had to do it uh, himself and with Tony and through Secretary Mayor he and Tony track the shipment of these weapons to a shipping container that's already in uh, Washington DC where Jack is able to drive uh, away the weapons in this big truck but at the same time Tony is taken hostage by mr. Sir's men. Uh, sometime, during the escape, the weapons uh, b- burst open or something, and Jack is exposed, uh, even a little bit briefly, before the uh, some bad guys came and stole the weapons back. Wouldn't those bad guys that stole the weapons back also be exposed? No, he he, he shut it off. Oh, he shut he it went off. inside the container, held his breath for a few minutes, and then shut it off. I guess that holding his breath didn't really... I don't know why... Well, I guess he was saying, you know, maybe I was just exposed a little bit. I want to prevent prevent as much as i possibly can just in case yeah so jack's exposed and the fbi has to find the uh war uh, aware warfare or whatever the weapons and they have to uh save uh his life or something from uh they have to help him out because he's exposed and it turns out the exposure of the bioweapon has actually infected him and he is going to die turns out the it is some kind of a weaponized version of Parkinson's disease? <laughs> Basically, Jack can't go into the field because, you know, he's shaken uh, and he's losing his memory, and he's seizing and all this fun stuff. Um, so he's kind of kept back in FBI while Larry and uh, everybody else goes out to Hodge's headquarters where Tony is to stop this threat. And, of course, this infection is going to kill him within a day. Of course it is. As usual. As usual. And uh, while they get to this place where Tony is being held, they are met with Hodges' personal army, uh, which kind of forces the FBI to leave, but Tony is able to sneak away, uh, and he finds out that Hodges actually has a bunch of missiles connected to this bioweapon, and they are aimed at 13 U.S. cities. Tony rigs these missiles with an explosive... I wonder why he did that. <laughs> he rigs them with an explosive. <laughs> and this, uh, this explosive, uh, it'll ignite the fuel and it will destroy these bioweapons. And boom, all of them explode. He actually gets it done and the threat is over. Or is it? Because apparently this is a good time as any to say, hey, guys, Tony really is a terrorist. And here there's one more bioweapon readily available. And it's going on to Act 5. All right. So... So here's the thing Tony is bad Yes uh, uh, So like This whole time uh, So he's been uh, Back and forth Started out uh, bad Then we thought he was good And now he's bad again And by the end He's going to try to Claim that he's good again But the problem is here He is now in control Of one of the bioweapons And he's going to Try to set it off And the idea is um, Hodge's uh, Starkwood it's just one of many companies that are all these private military and other other things similar to that and they're all you know starting to run out of money and they're being shut down and the the government's basically wanting to get rid of them because uh, of the new president she doesn't like them very much and so they're all kind of in on this conspiracy and they wanted to create all these big explosions and then make the government look weak and then, kind of, basically, take control of the government themselves because they, they didn't like what was happening in the government, and uh, and so apparently Tony is in on this yeah. whole thing. But here's the problem: this is one of those twists that don't make it any doesn't make sense. any sense. It's they, because these actors get their script one day in advance or whatever. And well, yeah, but the writers should be aware of these kinds of things yeah. too. So when we talked about Tony rigging the missiles with explosives earlier. The important. So this would not be a big problem if Tony was ordered to do this, but he wasn't. He called the president. He said that there are these missiles, and then he voluntarily destroyed the missiles himself. He came up with the idea and he did it himself. He, if he was really in on this whole conspiracy, why would he do that? That makes no sense. What then again, I- they kind of answered <laughs> that the last like episode. Right, they did. But if he wanted to look good with his company, then still, I would think he would have been continuing to help them out. Let's talk about this company he kind of works for. Basically, he's he's got this bunch of different people um, that are unseen. They're all anonymous. They're all working against this uh, faux Skype program <laughs> that they're talking uh, with. And they're all trying to uh, decide what to do with this uh, canister, this last canister of, of whatever the heck it is, bioweapon and uh he gets them to go along with one idea is setting to, it off. one idea is to keep it and process more of the bioweapon and then set off a bunch of attacks after after 6 months or so of, of uh developing the weapon more and tony says no let's just set off this one which i guess kind of makes sense with, with with the last episode and his intentions where he thinks he, oh. does, he doesn't really want to hurt many innocent people but he's more uh but he still needs to get in good with the company. Yeah. He, uh, basically, here's what he does. He gets a scapegoat, this, a Muslim scapegoat, to uh, take the fall for the attacks. And uh, uh, they get him, this guy, to participate by surprise, surprise, threatening his family. And they set him on a train and discreetly put a bomb uh, with the canister under the seat in uh, in front of him. And Jack actually gets uh, gets through to this guy after finding his family and tells him that the bomb uh, tells him to find that bomb and rush it outside. So the guy does. Security tries to stop him, but he holds up the bomb and shouts to everyone to get away. <laughs> he gets out. Jack finally shows up on the scene, grabs the bomb, and a bit of deja vu comes rolling in as he tosses it into the secure and airtight hazmat container before it's it goes off. It's happened a few times now in the series. Right. The threat is over, but the deja vu is Thankfully, not. Thankfully, nobody's arm had to be chopped off this time. Right. So <laughs> now we're on to uh, the, the final and sixth act of the season. Really? Six? Yeah. Wow. Kim is in trouble again. Um, she's about to leave. She's going back to L.A. She's at the airport. Um, but for some reason, she always has to be put in trouble. for. It almost seemed completely random, but it started to make sense a little bit later. Uh, some random people in the airport find her as she's heading back. And she was on her way, and uh, these guys are watching her this whole time because Tony's telling them to. Yep. Um, so and Tony's company. And the, basically, the they these people call Jack and say, "We have your daughter. Uh, set Tony free, or we're gonna kill her." And as far as as Kim's troubles go, I know it's kind of a shout out to the first season, but at the same time, we have to. Uh, we have to give her a single season where shes isn't in trouble. It also doesn't make a lot of sense at first, but then you think you know who who even knew she was there that Tony did know she was there, so he had her people following her. It started to make a little bit more sense, but still it's a little old. So Jack sets Tony free and but Tony commences to kidnap Jack to quote unquote harvest his organs, which still have the pathogen <laughs> inside. Well they tried to extract it out of his spinal fluid but they said that there wasn't enough in there and that they would have to pull it out of his organs and then and then Jack wakes up and kills everybody. Yes, he wakes up just just destroys everybody even though he's like dying. And he yeah, okay, first of all, they they knocked him out to try to get this spinal fluid stuff. Yes, and I'm they thinking knocked okay, Jack's been awake for twenty three hours now. If they're gonna knock him out, he's not gonna wake back up. Realistically, if you get knocked out after being away for 23 hours, you're probably gonna stay asleep for a while. Yeah, but he—he—he—it's <laughs> it, like he a got spe- and, and he's sick. He's about to die. Yeah, it's like he got <laughs> injected with uh, adrenaline. Adrenaline, and then he just started. Which has him. happened a few times in this and, series. And, and, yeah, he just maybe he just had a little bit of uh, Deja Vu. borrowed adrenaline. I don't know. Uh, he gets away, though, but Tony again stops him and informs him that all along he was trying to bring justice to the guy behind everything, including David Palmer's execution, <laughs> because there always has to be somebody else. There is yet another person in the chain of command with the David Palmer It did uh, not conspiracy. need did not need to bring that up, by the way. Well, the, the reason they did that is because the person that was behind the David Palmer thing was also uh, behind it, because Michelle's, the Michelle's death, but, and he wa- they wanted to give Tony a good a, reason a for reason was, for returning to the show well a reason for everything he's been doing this season which I think kind of does help out a little bit with the problems of the earlier twist but still it. first of all I don't think it fits Tony's character very well I understand that he's going to be mad uh, for all these things with, uh, with Michelle's death and stuff but Jack says it perfectly that you're, you know, you're destroying everything you work for, Michelle would be ashamed, things like this. Yeah, he's, he's killing it, innocent it, people. He, he doesn't avoid killing innocent people. He's still doing these bad yeah. things. That He's still doing terrorism. It doesn't make, the, the, this whole end act doesn't make a lot of sense. Um the I would say not the it whole, does I would en- say the last it, two acts it does enough to explain it, but it just is the t- Tony twist in the last two acts No Tony is a terrorist in the yeah act so five. the last two I would say the first um two two thirds of the season are actually fairly well done David doesn't agree as much. I think the um Jonas Hodges thing which they set up in Redemption I think that um that whole story with Jonas Hodges, um, Juma and Dubaku I think it's a, a tightly um, a well constructed conspiracy and I think it plays out rather well all the way up to the point when Jonas Hodges gets arrested but after that point I think the whole season falls apart <laughs> okay. so okay so at, at, let's wrap up the season here I, I do like the thing with Jack being um, contaminated but that did start earlier yeah, in fairness. Uh, here Let's wrap up the season. Tony's going to strap a bomb to Jack's chest to blow Alan away. And before this could happen... Which is the boss of that company he's right. been going against. And before this could happen, Renee and the rest of the FBI apprehend Tony and stop him from killing uh, Alan. And then they uh, arrest Alan Wilson. Uh, Jack is then escorted to the hospital to put under a coma until he dies. Uh, Renee decides to turn into Jack Bauer to interrogate Alan Wilson against FBI protocol. We never see the interrogation, we just know it's going to happen. Uh, Kim Bauer comes to Jack's side to save his life after all, uh, and then the season is done. There is one thing about the last uh, two acts that I do think is a, decent, a pretty decent storyline, and that's the storyline, um, the subplot with the president's daughter. Yeah, that's one of the subplots. Is Olivia Taylor and she and the hitman. She orders uh, the death of uh, Hodges's. Yeah. Hodgeses. Hodges's. Mr. Sir. Mr. Sir. Uh, and I think that actually that storyline is actually probably the best of the it's, last it's two. It's actually acts. all linked together with uh, with everything that's been going on. Uh, and that. so it continues the whole jo- Hodges thing, which I think was the stronger story of the season. I think the Tony stuff and the Kim stuff was a little weak. Let's, let's think about the whole White House uh, subplot. We got Allison uh, Taylor uh, and her dilemma with Sengala. Mm-hmm. Sengala was getting ordered by this guy named Hodges. Hodge, or whatever his name is. Hodges. Hodges is? is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hodges. Uh, and Hodges is the guy that's responsible for Olivia T- Taylor's sis, uh, brother <laughs> getting killed. The president's son, which we re- referenced and in Redemption. And then the, uh, Redemption. the, the whole uh, first gentleman trying to figure out who killed his son was also one of the subplots. Him getting shot. And then they find out that that is Hodges. And then so Olivia Taylor then wants to kill Hodges. This is all uh, linked together. I like the White House subplot. It's all linked together and there's three different subplots that yeah. are linked together. I right think now. the White House is... Got the most consistent storyline to the season. It does. That one's actually throughout the entire season. So, and um, that's like the best plot of the. Like I like I like what happens with her because she 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 decides to hire this hitman, right? And then um, she she gets this phone call. He's like, wire these two hundred fifty thousand dollars to my account. And instead of doing that, she she changes her mind at the last minute, hits uh, cancel, but it happens anyway. And so she's screwed because she didn't pay this guy, so she has to pay him first of all. And then second of all, she has to cover up everything she's done. And, and it does not end well for her. <laughs> it does not end well for her. And I'm guessing, I can't really remember how it ends up for the president either because it can't... You can't I don't know what happens it doesn't after end, that. It after can't end well for her either because her I daughter's think, an insane person. I think um, I think the whole scene, the, the last episode, with the consequences of uh, Olivia's actions... And uh, how the president handles that is some of the best stuff with that with that subplot, and I think it's some of the best stuff with that president in the show. Right. As far okay, so let's let's talk about some notes here. Jack. Last time I said that he uh, Kiefer had a great performance due to his scarring history with the Chinese, and the same almost applies here for acting when Jack gets sick from the bioweapon. You know, he's losing his memory, he's convulsing, he's having seizures. This is. Uh, Probably the worst that you have ever actually seen from Jack, the ba- Jack Bauer character, by far, and it's pretty scary. But I, I was also saying, by this point in the show, I remember there being news of a season eight coming out, and that this kind of diminished my my fear that he would die. But um, uh, as I pointed out uh, while we were watching this show, that in this time when we were watching this show, they they did announce a new season, but there was a lot of rumors. That um, they were going to kill off Jack and do a new season with a different cast. Um, a lot of people were assuming that would be Renee then because they were setting up Renee to be basically the next Jack in this whole season, it seemed like. Yeah. And so when when the last episode happened, there was the whole thing with Kim was going to do this procedure, but there was a very little chance it was going to work. So it was still a cliffhanger. Would Jack come back or would Jack die and they would do a n- new season without him? Most people thought, oh, they'll probably just bring Jack back, because you can't have 24 without Jack, but there was still a possibility. I've seen it happen in other shows like Scrubs. They brought back Scrubs with a whole new cast, basically, Yeah. and it didn't work. <laughs> but they, it, it has worked in other shows, so it can work. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it just depends. I think with 24, it's it's very, very centered around Jack. So something like 24, I don't think it would work very good without yeah. him. As far as Tony goes I as much as I used to love Tony's character and as much as I know that it's you know Carlos Bernard acting in these scenes I don't believe that's really Tony I get that he hates the world for its role in Michelle's death and all but there's just a difference between making a statement and killing people in cold blood Tony is just out just outright killed people and there's just no way I could see him doing going that route no matter how much he hates the world uh, not only that but his double triple quadruple uh agent agent plot whatever it was uh was just over the top to the point where I'm still confused. I have no idea who he's working for. I don't uh, even if it's uh, just himself, I still don't get it. And the, they uh, they play way too much on, on his character and I think that it would just have been smarter if they just kept him dead. I think Tony was great in season 2 and 4, but a lot of the other stuff they did with him was not as good. Um, like, uh, season one, he was kind of a jerk. Yeah. And he was jealous with uh, Nina and Jack. He thought, you know, they were still going out. And then, um, season, uh, season three. No, season three, he was okay, I think. Season three is when he, um, I think two and three, he's probably pretty good. But, uh, and. F- Four, he's alright because he comes back and helps Jack out um, willingly, you know, without being in C2. So I think 2, 3, and 4, season 2, 3, and 4, he's pretty good. Uh, season 5, he's. Season 5, and season 1, and season 7 are kind of disappointing Tony seasons. Uh, season 5, he comes back after his wife dies, and he kind of tries, tries to kill uh, Henderson and then supposedly dies himself. Season one, he was kind of a jerk, and then season six, he he was this completely inconsistent character that made no sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then we have Kim coming back for a few episodes. Yay, that's that's fun. We all love Kim, or at least the idea of her. Uh, She's not the best actress in the world. Uh, But her role, as vital as it was, was a tad ruined with them playing the personal disaster card again. You know, she's worth more to the series if she's not constantly in danger, however... I have to say, uh, her having a daughter named Terry is a nice touch, and her having to save her father for once is actually kind of poetic as it comes full circle, uh, and I think they should have stopped the series there, uh, when she's, when it comes full circle. I remember, I remember liking season 8, though, I, I, I don't remember how much, though, so I could be completely off on that, it was just that we got to see, you know, I just like 24, so it could just be I remember liking everything about 24, but yeah. <laughs> uh, on a rewatch, I don't know if it'll be as good, but we'll see. The season uh, as a whole without the doubt has the most acts. I don't remember how much acts the eighth one has. I don't even really remember much about it. The more the acts the season has, I think the more it feels less like a 24-hour day. Uh, two or maybe three acts are doable and believable as far as real time goes, and focusing on one act for half a season has a lot of great story development. This has six acts. Let's recap. The CI device, the first gentleman's kidnapping, the White House getting attacked, Starkwood Industries, uh, Tony's last hoorah, and kidnapping Kim once again. And out of all these acts, the strongest and most interesting that, I believe, at least, was the White House down scenario. And just think about uh, how strong a season would have been if, from the first episode, they said they were going to break into the White House. And throughout the episodes, they're trying to figure out exactly how to do that. I think the CIP device and the um, and the The bioweapon are are pretty strong threats. I think the I just think the season as a whole would have been a lot better if it was just the White House part, at least for the first, you know, act. And it would have been like, you know, kind of like Prison Break and and being how smart written it was. But it just, it wasn't all it basically did was we're going to break into the White House. And boom, you know, you just see them do it. I would have liked, yeah, I would have liked more White House stuff. I would have liked them to expand it to at least, like, four episodes at the minimum. They did, uh, there was one episode for the break-in and then one episode for the escape, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I would have liked at least two more episodes minimum, probably three or four more, actually. would have been fine. Um, I think the CIP device is a good threat because it's, you know, you don't know where you know what they're going to control. They could control the airplanes like they did. They could control the electric company. They could control um, anything that the government controls. If you look at, like, um, Die Hard 4, for example, that's kind of the stuff that they could be able to do with that. They also did the same thing in Die Hard 2 with the uh, air traffic control, but, but it went beyond that. There was other things they could have done. Like, I think they had um, some, uh, was it some gas company or something? there? They were, they were going to do something else as well with it, but it never went through. Um, I think that was a good threat, and I think the um, bio weapon is a good threat, too, because they had so many different missiles. They could have attacked so many different cities with that. I think that, that was a very strong attack. They probably could have gone further with that as well. Um, but I would have liked to see more of the White House. Yeah so let's compare and contrast some seasons together we got the best season overall last time we both said day five what do you think still day five day five yeah, I'd say so. uh best threat last time we both said uh, again uh day three virus um okay. and uh best jack last time we said day six uh, mostly because of his uh scarring and uh, from that point how he grew as a character and uh we saw both a good sides and bad sides to Jack and seeing how he grew uh, and, and maintained uh, his scarring and then turned into himself again kind of a deal. I think there's a lot good with Jack in this season, but I don't know I if would, I would say see, it's better I, than 6 for Jack. Yeah, I, I think I'm staying with 6 here because when I think of the perfect Jack, you know, and the best acting and the best, like, um, as far as development goes and how personal it is and how all together it is i think that works better for six than seven i think seven is more forgettable than I anything think else seven had potential um the first uh like what his it getting it? sick is cool because it's right, it, right. You, you don't see that kind of sickness in any other tv show right and so. the the i think the the story with tony and the um and the whole conspiracy could have played out really well, and they could have done something great with character development there as well, with between Tony and Jack, but they just didn't. It, 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 it ended off poorly, and so I I, I think overall season uh, season six is definitely better for Jack. But Jack did have a lot of good um, that he even though the, the whole season as itself was not the greatest, I think a lot of the best parts of it were were Jack, um, as well as some of the White House stuff, and uh, yeah. Um the best written season we both said day 5 last time. Um I am still sticking with that one. Yeah. Um and now worst season this uh this season is a contender for worst season. Uh, I'll, I don't think I'll, I would I'll, I'll say place it. I'll say why it should and why it shouldn't be. Mhm. Uh one of the reasons here is because first of all there's six acts and uh and Second of all, it's not very original. I just while we were recording this, I was put down uh how much it reminds you of other seasons the f- uh Kim getting kidnapped and being in danger slash jack being forced to do what the bad guys want because of Kim and the incriminating audio clip that olivia taylor was uh was dealing with that all reminds you of season one things. The missiles uh will remind Actually, I believe you. the audio the audio thing was season two. No, it was audio clip of uh, Keith. Keith. Oh, uh, the Keith thing. I was thinking, I was thinking of the um, uh, the the three countries or whatever thing from season two. That yeah, that's also season two. You can put that into season two. Uh, season two and four uh, both dealt with uh, m- missiles. Season two did not have a missile. It had a bomb. It, it wasn't a, a missile. Okay. Yeah, all right. But that's uh, season four is a missile. Uh, but we can say including an audio clip for season two. Yeah. Season three of the, it had a lot of things that reminded you of the virus itself. Um, Sort of, yeah. It it had a similar idea. Nerve gas, for sure. There's some nerve uh, agents that were in this show that you're going to think, wait a second, there's Jack holding his breath. There's all this fun stuff. This is like the nerve gas again. Uh, David Palmer's conspiracy had to be brought up. That was strongest in season six with all uh, Jack's uh, family and everything, how linked together it was. That was mostly talked about in Season 6, and they t- brought it back up. Season, the season 5 and 6, really. Yeah, Season 5 was more along the lines of putting whoever was immediately in uh, in control of it. Season 6 was finding out more about uh, who was dealing... The whole chain of command. Uh, chain of command. Um, and because of all that, it feels so much not very original. Um, but I think the 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 many stories it had is not automatically a qualifier for it being bad they if they could pull them off um, it's, it's not it, only well. that but all the acts like I said the more acts you have the less it feels like real time and 24 is all about real time well i don't think so i think if if you can i think it's possible to pull off 6 acts 7 acts in a 24 hour period if they are done very well and oh. they can be done very well I, like i said the first uh i would say 4 acts are done very well i think if they uh if they continued in that same style for the last two acts it actually would have been possibly one of my stronger one of my more favorite i don't know if it would beat five for me but it would have been higher than it is now now the only reason i believe i remember from uh... there's two two main reasons why we said uh, season four was uh... the worst Two, uh... one of them is because of all the acts it was, cl- it was a very cluttered season Um and two is because Habib Marwan was very much a Doctor Claw like character. I'll get you next time, Gadget slash Bauer. That yeah, was part of it. But the the problem with the many acts in season four was not the count, but the fact that they didn't. They were almost completely unrelated. It, it, it was just like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's do that. It didn't feel like there was. He's a, gonna pull off his next threat. He's yeah. gonna pull off his next threat. But there's a it little bit of that. It didn't feel like there was any consistency in the story. There's a little bit of that in this season two, though. I think. Towards the end, that's very, very true. Especially with all the, you know, the Kim stuff and Tony the terrorist, There's, and not only well, Tony the, the terrorist, company, and uh, the season six also had, you know, Tony harvesting Jack's organs. Right. Or, yeah. you know, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in 24 by far. And uh, there was in the beginning, I was a little worried about the whole Doctor Claw thing with uh, Dubaku because he was getting, he got away like three times. Yeah. Uh, and that was worrying me too because. Uh, if you remember, Habib Morwan got a ride four times. But I think they did it smartly. I think the way he got away actually made sense from a smart writing perspective in Dubaku. It wasn't just... It was it, it, it was a little bit smarter than season four, but I would not call this season a very smartly written season. I would say the, the first half to two-thirds is actually very well written. Uh, I don't know. A lot of it, like, uh, I could they, see... They clearly didn't have a great end goal in mind. Uh, I think that was a big problem. This is with definitely it. not... But, if it ended where Jonas Hodgins got arrested, it's almost it almost would have been perfect. This is just not my go-to season. Right, I think it would have been higher if they had continued with the um, stretched out the Hodges thing um, and ended with that instead of doing the whole Tony is a terrorist thing and the Kim uh, being. It's just that taken they tried again. way, way, way too hard. Why didn't they just have one to two acts? And have Jack dying the whole time. That would <laughs> well, be, at least half the time. At least half the time. Get him, get him sick at the end of the first act, and then have them have to deal with that in the second. Yeah, they they could have cleaned up the the uh, writing a little bit. I think I think if if it was uh, the writer strike and it made it a sixteen episode series, I think it could have been one of the strongest seasons. Uh, <laughs> but because they had to fill out twenty four episodes, I think they got a little. Um, they, they started running out of ideas towards the end and they just kind of had to come up with random crap that didn't make any sense and I think that kind of really ruined it a lot I don't think it's as bad as season 4 though so I'm, I'm going to keep season 4 as the worst for me I don't know, part of me feels like it's even more cluttered It's it's got more threads in them but I think they're more tightly woven together and um, smarter written than season 4 I think I'm gonna say Day 4 is the worst But I'm gonna say Day 7 is very close second Um As far as best non-Jack character I'm gonna list off the characters We got Aaron Pierce Bill Buchanan's last season Uh, the first gentleman Henry Taylor Uh Ethan, uh Whatever his name is Uh, Cannon, not not wrong Rom (laughs) Ethan Kanan E.K. Dubaku Janice Gold Jonas Hodges of course that's John Voight Kim Bauer Larry Moss Olivia Taylor uh, President Allison Taylor uh, Renee Walker or Tony Almeida there's also Juma Uh, Uh, skipping Juma he was only in like a few episodes yeah yeah, Um, okay for me for the first half of the season, I would have said a very obvious Renee. I think Renee, David doesn't agree with me, but I think Renee was um, a very strong character. I think they had great character development with her, where she started off like the uh, by-the-book character, like you would you would see with um, um, like some of the characters in uh, in the past, like uh, Chappelle or or uh, or. Uh, George Mason or something something like that in the beginning of the series where uh, a lot of the characters were by the book and then throughout the series she kind of adapted started uh, becoming a little bit more like Jack but that kind of shook her up um, yeah, she had problems with it more. Uh, she dealt with it like a human being instead of like Jack like a robot and so I thought there was some good stuff with that some good um, some good character development between Jack and Renee as well Some some little bit beginning of something. Uh, (laughs) But, however, um, even though the last act and the last two acts were crap, like I said, that um, whole storyline with the president's daughter was, I think, very well done. And I think the president herself is a very strong character. I think she might even be a better president than uh, David Palmer, uh, dare I say it. No, no, she was not. David Palmer... He he he's always looked at as one of the best presidents in U.S. history, even though he's fake. But he did compromise a lot. He did do some things that weren't great. He would li- he would listen to his wife. He would listen to Wayne. Um, these things that he always ended up getting getting him in trouble. But this Allison Taylor, she always made the right decisions. Well, I'm not saying about right decisions, wrong decisions. I'm saying every almost every single time. Uh, she had no idea what was going on with any of these threats. Like people were telling her, So they find out the bad guy is Tony. Tony? Yeah. So they found out that this is this, this. What? And like this. some of that was ah! more, Yeah, some of that got a little annoying. The writing there was wasn't very strong. But I think her character It's like she wasn't on top of everything. She was always like out of the loop of well, everything well, I mean, that was she's going not, on. She's not like in CT or in uh, FBI here, so it, that that's understandable. It is a little annoying that they have to update that update us on that a little bit, but I think her personal character and her um, leadership was very strong. But I do think I prefer Renee over her overall. I think she 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 it became very close, especially with that ending where she chose to. Um, do the right thing and uh, See, uh, send her daughter to prison, or whatever. when you said that the uh, it, it would be obvious who you would pick for the non-Jack character, I, I thought you were talking about Tony. No, no, because no. you know Tony's back. He's back. Tony's What's Tony O'Maeda. Tony's one of the worst characters in the season. Yeah, I think he's a pretty <laughs> bad character. I I think my uh, favorite non-Jack character is also Renee. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, there's good, I, there's I, other the good characters. Is, the, the thing is, I, I I like the White House story, but not so much the uh, the characters. Olivia Taylor has a good story, but I don't like her character at all. She's very annoying. Um, she, yeah, she's pretty dumb. Uh, but she's she's always doing the wrong thing, so she's complete contrast to her mother, uh, and she's just kind of an annoying personality. But I like her story. I like, yeah, I like, a lot of the, you know, the, the story that Larry there. Moss, uh, Aaron Pierce had a good one. Larry uh, Moss was decent. Um, I was kind of, I was actually thinking he would be the mole in the beginning, but his, his story was okay. But I he was kind s- of a two. But what book. I would say is that this was, uh, I think this was Ethan's best season. As, in the end, there. I think he. I don't think he's been in very much. He's been in a few seasons. He's been in the background. He yeah. hasn't really been. So not much of a role he, anyway. He, he uh, kicked butt in the end when he was pretty much revealing uh, Olivia's. Yeah, he, was a, he was a decent character, but he just didn't have a huge role to play in the series. Aaron Pierce was pretty cool this season, but he was kind of just walking around oh, He saying, was. He wasn't in hardly in it at all. He uh, was, in the only he was in the a lot more than last season. Last true, season he was true. in like a couple episodes. I think he was just in the last two to three acts in this season. though. Okay. Bill, uh, he his uh his role was interesting this season as the uh he had a good the director off. of fake ctu he was he uh he ended his life uh heroically and stuff like that so that's cool he had a good send off but i don't think his character was very strong i wasn't a huge for his fan part of the series. i wasn't a huge fan of the whole Singhala plot the dubaku i didn't think was a very uh, big character in 24 enemies as far as they go. Dubaku wasn't a big character, but he was part of a bigger conspiracy, and I think that conspiracy itself was was well done. I wanted Tony to be a better character. Yep. I remember thinking that when there I first saw him. There was potential, but they, they completely ruined it. Yeah, they, 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 uh, they crapped on his character pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> But that is the um that that's the seventh season of twenty four. The eighth season we're going to talk about next week. Mark your calendars, uh, May fifth. The same day that um, the first episode of Live Another Day airs. We'll we'll release it b- before the episode, obviously. Yeah, we're we're going to be releasing it in the morning of uh, May fifth, so you can uh, listen to that before you want <laughs> before you see the the first episode of the new season, and then we're going to release a podcast for Live Another Day, the first episode, the next day on the 6th, uh, with Timbot and everything. So, uh, look out for that. And, uh, so we'll catch you next time. Um, my name is Dave, and I am the CTU agent. I am Andy, and I am the analyst. That's right. And, uh... We'll catch you next time on Smaller on the Outside. Subscribe to our channel and comment on us on Stitcher, WordPress, Podomatic, iTunes. And, uh... (laughs) Yep, and peace out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Smaller on the Outside. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our website at sodapodcast.wordpress.com.